My name is Anda Ginska, and this is Pros and Content. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Notch, a digital content intelligence platform. I'm a massive data nerd who's fallen in love with storytelling. And so on the Pros and Content podcast, we will be featuring a series of really incredible leaders who believe in storytelling and who have different perspectives on the importance, measurement, scalability, and optimization of storytelling. I'm so excited about the conversation today. We have a really amazing guest. His name is Michael Mendenhall. He's the SVP, Chief Marketing Officer, and the Chief Communications Officer for Trinet. And if you haven't heard of Trinet, you should really look into it because they're playing a vital part in making sure that the small businesses in the U.S. at the moment continue to survive and hopefully eventually thrive. Michael has a really extensive background working across so many different industries uh, from entertainment at Disney, technology at Flex and IBM, um, and now at Trinet doing some really incredible both creative um, as well as brand work that um, just worth hearing about. One of the best things about um, talking to Michael is that he's always just a fountain of wisdom and creative ideas. And in the conversation today, I'm excited to hear from him how Trinet has seen the economy really be impacted, what they're doing to help businesses out there, and how they're thinking about themselves as a brand um, and also as a company and what the responsibility that they feel they have ahead of them during a crisis like this. I hope you enjoy the conversation with Michael. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pros and Content. Today, I have a really special guest who's going to help un- help us understand what is really going on across all the small businesses in the U.S. during this time of crisis, but also how we can think of the importance of brand during a time like this. Michael, welcome. Uh, thank you, Anda, for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm here in my home in Montana. Um, I was going to ask certain- where you are. <laughs> yes, certainly working remotely. Um, right. uh, in, in, a, <laughs> in every in, sense in, of the word. Yes, yes. Um, and actually doing doing quite well with it. In fact, I think, you know, relative to my team and how often now we as a leadership team meet every day, I think it's actually brought my team closer together um, and working uh, in tandem uh, actually more efficiently, I think, than when we were in the office. <laughs> Let me ask you something, because I noticed this across our team. Um, I was initially concerned about productivity, and then about a week into it, I started being concerned about burnout because people just don't have anything other than work to do. Um, are you seeing that? Because everyone's saying we're we're seeing just incredible levels of productivity. Yeah, I think incredible levels of productivity, but I also think um, the importance of communications uh, in an environment like this is critical. And I think what you see is not only with your own uh, team, but the executive team in these companies pulling together more tightly um, and and communicating much more frequently. And so what I find is that my day is filled with, you know, a lot of telepresence meetings um, throughout the company to keep everybody aligned and organized. Uh, And I think we do that more regularly than we did um, in a normal environment when we came into the offices. Yeah, maybe we took alignment for granted a little bit more before. And now we just know we have to work a little bit harder for it. And it's helping all of us. So yeah, Yeah, it's a good silver lining to kick off the conversation on. Sure. Um, So Mm. I wanted to jump in and just ask you, what are you guys seeing across 
the many, many small businesses that you have visibility into just from an impact standpoint. When did you also start seeing an impact? Was it around the time that the rest of the world saw it or did it happen a little bit before? No, I think I think this sort of surprised everybody. I don't think anyone anticipated this. Maybe some of the scientists and physicians did, you know, well over nine to 10 months ago that there, there could be a pandemic like this. Uh, but I don't think anyone was completely prepared for this. Um, what's really interesting about what's happening right now, when you when you look at Washington uh, and and Congress and what what they're doing. It's the first time that a stimulus package has come out where they are supporting in a very a very big way uh, small medium sized businesses, and this is the first time they've actually done that. Um, and I think that's important because when you when you think about fifty percent of the GDP comes from you know these companies that are five hundred employees and under. And well over 90% of the workforce sits here. Um, and and that, that can be in almost any vertical, whether Main Street, technology, financial services, life sciences. Um, it becomes really important that they support these businesses. Most of these businesses don't have a lot of uh, month-to-month um cash flow on hand. And so, you know, right. you you begin you begin to see these companies who, you know, have developed the their their products and services five to ten years have worked incredibly hard. Um, and now they're sitting here with a uh, a liquidity problem. And and you know what is is most concerning is that you know most of the innovation is coming out uh, of these small medium sized businesses. I mean of all scientists and engineers sit in this space. This is where innovation is happening. It's also uh, where where progress is happening. So what you don't want is to to see any kind of massive failure in the small to medium-sized business sector because you could lose innovation very quickly because they produce 16 times more patents in all these different verticals than do the big enterprise companies. So this becomes critical to the economy. It becomes critical to innovation and our leadership position in the world. And, and so you see a focus. The focus really has been on um, liquidity for one, one piece of it is how do you get um, liquidity into the marketplace quickly? Because, you know, of all of the events that have happened over the course, and I'll say the last 30 years, whether it be, you know, a hurricane Katrina, um, a major earthquake, um, you know, a massive tornado outbreak that happened uh, one year in the Midwest. And there's tons of damage that happens. Uh, It does affect small businesses. It does affect uh, community businesses. And and we get through those things, 9-11 being one thing that we got through. There will be an end to this. There will be a backside to this. And I think what's important is that we prepare these small businesses for the backside of this. So we we need to help them get through it. And that has to do a lot with the liquidity, which is what you see uh, in two of the House resolutions that went through. Uh, The first one with the small uh, business administration loans and the second with the CARE Act. Um, and, And that becomes important. And getting that into the market quickly becomes important. Michael, that is so well said. Honestly, every time I listen to you, I feel like I learn, you know, uh, three books at once. Um, I was so inspired when we spoke about the idea and kind of the manifesto that you wrote 
behind the People Matter campaign that um, that has become world famous at this point. I think that message of, you know, th- these are the companies that that build America, that innovate America, um, and as such, these people matter. That message has never been more true than it is today. Um, how have you seen these companies deal with their people and, and what is Trina doing to, to help them during this time, especially as, uh, you know, unemployment skyrockets? Well, I, I, I think the biggest thing is to give them access um, and the ability to communicate to them. There is a lot uh, of elements to each of these House resolutions. Uh, you say the CARE Act. Well, most of these uh, small businesses are looking, how do I get access to the loans? Um, and, you know, so it's making this simple and easy for them and quick. These people um, are moving with great velocity to try to build the liquidity into their companies. And so it's how do we begin to communicate? And I think that's the pivot that most companies have to make is your customers. Your customer base becomes incredibly important in a time like this, helping them through this um, and giving them access to how quickly can they access their loans you know, what are the considerations um, relative to laying off in furlough? I mean, this, the, you know, if you believe that, you know, in three months we'll, we'll be moving back into, um, you know, a prosperous economy, you know, how do you, how do you bridge that for them? And, and so we've really talked a lot about the differences, you know, between furlough and layoff. And most importantly, what we did is we've given access to, um, uh, to all of our small, medium-sized businesses within our portfolio to understand then if you do do furloughs, um, how do you think about healthcare options? Um, and we worked really closely with all of the healthcare providers um, in, in thinking about um, the different types of programs. And, and they've all adapted and have been very helpful in ensuring that there's options so that we don't wind up with people, um, you know, being furloughed that can't afford health care. I mean, this becomes uh, mm. this will become a bigger issue. And so so there's two things here. One is, you know, how do we help you get access to liquidity? And two, how do we ensure that you're doing the right things and you're thinking about the right things relative to layoffs and furloughs? And and then, you know, how do we ensure that these people, um, you know, will wind up, um, you know, with healthcare. One of the things we announced yesterday was uh, we went in and we looked at all of our life sciences um, uh, companies that were within our life sciences portfolio. And we looked at how many of them were working in elective surgery because elective surgery has been paused. So there's some hospitals and, and clinics that that's all they do. And so we're seeing, you know, there could be a possibility that physicians and or nurses are being furloughed. So what we decided is we will actually for two months cover your 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 delta in your health care uh, and we will not charge you any professional services if you, in fact, go and help uh, uh, in some of these areas where they desperately need medical assistance in certain urban areas. And so, you know, That's we're incredible. encouraging... Yeah, we're encouraging them to go. Um, you know, that's a sizable contribution from us to do that. Uh, we think it's important. 
Um, so there's a lot of things that we're doing to to incent not only help but incent um, some of those those companies. There's some amazing you know companies um, honestly that that we've looked at, and I think we've already identified 35 of them that have actually shifted their product or services to really tackle COVID, and that's sort of sitting in the life sciences, but not just life sciences. There's some other uh, companies and other verticals that are doing the same. So it's really heartening to see that, you know, there's small businesses that are really have specific things that they do um, that can really help. Um, one of them is in uh, AR and VR, and they were working with the Mayo Clinic and they've developed a technology um, and they now have applied it to looking at the lungs of these patients that have covid uh, so that the scientists and physicians can really see what's happening. Um, and it's all in, in, in a virtual environment. It's pretty awesome. So, you know, some of these little small companies have great impact in what they're doing, like I said, in innovating in life sciences. So that, that becomes really important. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I certainly uh, have compassion because you see just these amazing companies, again, that are really impacting society in a very positive way, um, you know, struggling, you know, with liquidity. And you just, you know, we're doing our best to make sure we can get them through this because um, you feel for, for all of these folks, certainly. Um, and, you know, my heart goes out to them. Yeah, uh, I think one of the best silver linings of this crisis is seeing how many both small and big companies have rallied um, to to really try to do their part. And it's really inspiring to hear that you're doing the same thing at Trinet, that you're uh, really pulling everyone together to be of service for your customers because they need you more than ever. Um, as you guys think about how this reflects from a communications and brand standpoint, um, as well as how you get some of this content out there to your constituents to make sure that they have all the information that they need. What's really changed? What what big decisions did you make um, as soon as you realized that this was real and it was happening? Well, I, I, I think I, I think in uh, one of our other conversations, Anda, we talked about the importance of communications as it relates to marketing and how I really believe um, now and in the future, the communications team uh, is going to become almost more important than the marketing team relative yep. to a brand's reputation. And I think, you know, the minute this started to happen, it really becomes about communication, communication to your employees, communication to your customers. You know, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of stress in the marketplace right now. And the more you can communicate to one, put people at ease, two, give them the right information to help them run their businesses becomes critical. And, and so for me, you know, I think the communication arm coming through this crisis will be more important than it was. I really believe it was important to begin with. And, and I think it really is about clear, consistent communication. Um, forget spin, you know, people that are trying to spin things. This is the wrong time. People really uh, are looking for facts. Uh, they can certainly understand when there's spin happening and when there's facts being presented. This is about authenticity and credibility for brands today. Uh, and you need to be very careful. I mean, there's some, you know, this is not a time where you go out uh, and take, uh, you know, 
a mailing list uh, and do a massive email drop to people that you have not had a relationship with to begin with. Um, right. This is really about which, by the helping. way, has been happening across every single brand. I feel like I've gotten more emails from more brands that I've never heard of than ever before in my life. Yeah, and and I think that will become a detriment to those brands and those products. I think this is about helping. So I think the pivot we did was we said, listen, you know, we have to be very careful about going outbound with any kind of communication um, at this point to pull new customers in. This is about thought leadership. This is about helping small businesses understand what's in front of them and how to move through it quickly. And the, 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 the speed becomes incredibly important now. And, and so, you know, we shifted our focus to our customer base saying, we need, to we need to protect these companies and help these companies um, and, and have them sort of weather this period of time because there will be a back end to this. And, and then we will be better positioned. And so I think this becomes more about thought leadership and not talking to or advertising to somebody, but engaging them. Now, you can engage them um, in, in your brand in, in a thoughtful way, an inspirational way. Um, and, and in a hopeful way, right? So as you shift your brand, you know, you, you should really feel, um, that there's hope at the end of this, that this too shall pass and we will get through this. Yes. The magnitude of this is pretty big <laughs> and, and so yeah. can be overwhelming and you don't want people to get overwhelmed, um, you want to help them get through it. And, and, and so we, we, we really as a company look opportunistically, but um, optimistically at, at where this can wind up. And then it's to help, help the brands go through that. I think just a beautiful uh, commercial that I saw this morning from Budweiser did a beautiful job of having the right tone at the right time. Um, and and so you know that was just an, a a good example of 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 one that I saw that I think has has done it well. One of the things that I've heard from a lot of marketers in the last few weeks is that it's almost the responsibility of brand marketers to put out these messages of hope and inspiration and empathy because the news is so negative because it's inducing so much fear and anxiety across the board. Um, the ability to to put that message out there that will get people through this is just such an incredible power for brands. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy to hear you echo that yeah. and, and, you know, do your part, I guess, in putting that message out there. Yeah. Well, you will see, um, come Monday, um, a, uh, a broadcast and digital campaign from us, um, doing just that. That's amazing. I can't wait to see. Knowing you, I know it's going to be creatively brilliant. So, I'm <laughs> by the way, I think kind. I think you're too I think kind. a lot you're of the kind. videos. <laughs> seriously, I think a lot of the videos from the People Matter campaign are just so incredible right now. You know, I rewatched ours the other day, and um, it just it just makes me feel like I belong to something. You know, even though I created it, but it it is still it still stays it's so relevant and in the fact that it it stands the test of a global pandemic from a creative standpoint i think it says a lot about the creative so for those of you who haven't seen this campaign please look up people matter and watch all the videos in that especially the one about notch um but yes. it's just <laughs> yeah but but just well, saying, it, you know, well you i know, think those stories it, are inspiring 
Well, I think what you what you I appreciate that. I think what it does is it allows you to reflect on what you created um, and um, and it's authentic. Uh, I think this whole idea um, around this the COVID um, crisis uh, is is really presenting us um, with the fact that, you know, life is fragile and. Uh, and it really has you step back and get a different perspective um, on what you're doing, um, not only with your business, with your family, with your employees, um, and and gives you better perspective, I think. I think there's some positive things that will come out of this uh, relative to that introspective look um, at what you're doing. And, and so for me, I think there'll be some positive things that do come out of this. I think families will be closer. I think companies will be tighter. Uh, the idea of team will be redefined. Um, and so I think there'll be some really interesting um, changes in people's lives, uh, both uh, personally and professionally. I agree. We'll be right back to prison content after this brief message. Pros and Content Podcast is brought to you by Notch, the content intelligence platform for brands. For a demo, and to learn how to best plan, measure, optimize, and benchmark your content marketing strategy, visit us at notch.com. K-N-O-T-C-H dot com. Notch. It's all you'll ever need. Um, going back to what you were saying before, you know, I really liked that you you sort of alluded to this idea that brands should really not be transactional during this time. Like this is the worst time to reach out to someone you've never talked to before, um, especially if you're trying to sell them something. How did how do you think that translates? And I'm curious about China, but I'm also curious what do you think about other companies out there, what you've seen really work or not work, but how do you think it translates into the breakdown between just pure performance marketing versus brand marketing? Yeah, well, I, I think you have to be really careful now. I think brand takes more precedent right now um, because oh, yeah. it's really it's really about. Yeah, yeah. It's really about the reputation, you know, of your of your company at this point. Um, and that that will build confidence. Um, you need to be authentic, as I said before. But I think if you you become too transactional, you know, what happens in a crisis like this um, is you you lay on top of your sales team and saying you need to get you know either you know new customers in or you need to upgrade current customers or you need to cross sell current customers now we have to hit these goals and all of a sudden you have this pressure on the salespeople to do anything they can to generate revenue and then yeah. you've lost sight of who you are what you stand for and what you believe in and how you can help and you 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 diminish that piece of it to where it becomes quite frustrating if you can imagine in the small medium sized business community where these people are struggling to try to weather this sort of storm that's stay happening alive, yeah yeah. And stay alive and you're peppering them on. I have a new software application or I can upgrade you. But like, yeah. how? Why would I do that? Is it going to help me now? Like, you know, and so so I think, you know, you have to be incredibly sensitive with your sales organizations as you weather through this thing and and not get 
get to a point where you've turned people off because that will start to appear socially and you need to be really careful about that. And, and so I think communications, again, becomes critical to your employees, to your sales team, you know, to be crystal clear what the expectations are for the business right now. Um, mm -hmm. Is it your current base and helping them? And if you have products that could help them weather this, what are you going to do? You know, there's certain people that have decided we'll, we'll give you, you know, no interest loans for six months, or we're going to provide you this service you don't have to start paying for six months. Um, we're going to, you know, there's all kinds of things like this in, in different communities and corporations that they're doing to say, we can help you. And we're going to give you this application right now. Don't have to pay for it right now because it's going to help you. That's a different type of sell than, hey, you haven't heard from us, but we do these things. And you probably, you know, one of our competitors you're probably working with. But here's what we, you know, that's the wrong kind of conversation to be having right 100%. now. You know, what's funny is um, a few weeks ago, I decided to offer Notch for free for all crisis content and crisis comms because I just thought it was the right thing to do. And to the extent that we can help, great, you know. And so we got this massive influx of essentially new partners. Um, and immediately I started hearing from a few of our investors who were saying, you know, what are you doing? Like, this is an opportunity to make money. And I, and I disagreed. And so there's this interesting tension that happens. And I think leaders are under some type of pressure, um, at least entrepreneurs, I know, um, to capitalize on this. And then there's companies who are out there talking about how they're doubling or tripling their businesses because of the pandemic. I just find it to be also weird, you know, like there's, there's such extremes and such conflicting data points. And I just don't understand why people don't treat this as a human crisis, which is what it actually is. And kind of step up and say, we all need to do our part, regardless of what our incentive structures are right now. Well, I think that's where you're going to see um, the definition of true leadership coming out of this. And, and yeah. you know, CEOs are going to have to be very careful um, because this will define whether they survive or not. And, and it will be, one, um, their authenticity uh, the belief in their company and their brand, and more importantly, their belief in their employees and how they treat their employees through this, how they communicate to their employees and to their customers. And I think this will um, define uh, CEOs uh, as you come out of the back end of this um, and and who who actually led, did a great job when you come out from underneath this which brands actually will survive at this point uh, and which won't. And, and I think to your point, um, it's going to be about leadership and, and, and that has a lot to do with thinking about humanity. So I like that. Yeah. It's interesting to think about how some marketers and brands have reacted to this. Um, I'm, I'm eager to, to see what you've cooked up, to, to see what you're coming out with. It does sound like you're, <laughs> you're in some way sort of leaning in and basically saying, here's what we're doing for, for the many small businesses that are in need right now. On the flip side, there's been so many brands, um, and I'm hearing this from my friends in agency land, that have just completely paused. So they're basically saying, 
we don't really know what to do. Like we had all this creative planned and the only thing we can do is to delay it. Um, and they're basically opting out and just leaning out of the entire conversation to begin with. Obviously, it sounds like you're more biased towards leaning in, but what would be your advice to different brands out there who are trying to make that decision right now? I think you have to lean in. I mean, you know, we have a responsibility as a company, again, not to our, just our employees, but but to our customers and to society as a whole. And, you know, um, and, and that's happening globally, quite frankly. Um, I mean, we jumped in right away um, with webinars to help our customers. It was really for our customer base to understand how to navigate all of this, to be able to ask us questions and we answer. We developed right away a COVID landing page, both internal and external, so that our employees understood what we were doing, that they understood the nuances to what is happening in the marketplace. We continue to do that to help people through this because as you can imagine with these house um, resolutions, and these acts that they're passing, they're constantly tweaking. Like every day or two, there's there's a new nuance to it that, oh, we forgot about that. Now here's what we're doing. Um, you know, and Treasury will send something else out, you know, um, and how they relate to the banks with these loans. Um, that gets changed. And so it's just so dynamic and fluid. And so we're right in front of it. I think we were one of the first in our space to be right out in front Here's what we're going to do to help you. Here's how we're going to help you. Um, and and we've gotten really phenomenal um, comments and, and social media from our customers on this, thanking us, saying, "I we couldn't have done it without you. We couldn't have weathered this thing. To me, that makes the difference in a brand. Um, when the amplification from your customers in a crisis like this is they, you guys have so helped us. Um, right. and, and, and so the idea that we have 24 seven through chat that you can, you can ask us questions. Then we take all those questions. We then, we do articles, we do blogs, mm -hmm. we do, um, webinars and we post them all and direct you to them quickly. Um, you know, we respond right away. I mean, I've had CEOs of some of our you know, customer base call me saying, hey, I'm having trouble. You know, I'm trying to apply for an SBA loan. We're panicked because, you know, the 350 billion plus is going to be gone like in an instant. And and so I engaged with them, talked them through, got our CX team on the line and said they need some help. And we resolved it on Sunday so that they could actually Monday apply and understood how to do it. Um you know, so it's it's being reactive. Um, it's it's you know, it, it, I think it's being um, uh, authentic, um, being transparent becomes incredibly important uh, through this crisis so that you're not misleading people. Um, you're giving them the facts so that they can make decisions. Um, and so I think this idea of communication becomes critical and being out in front of it becomes critical. Now, you know, um, this is not a time, I don't think, for brands to sit back. Yeah, I, I agree. So just a, a stat that's actually fresh um, out of our data set. Um, 
We have been measuring COVID content and COVID comms for the last three weeks or so across all of our customers, including you guys and Walmart and Amazon, um, JP Morgan, et cetera. And we've seen this insane spike in engagement as well as brand equity, positive brand equity perception over the last two weeks in particular. So it seems like there's a big win to be had you know customers do appreciate it and in particular we saw this be the case even more so in the most affected areas by covid so in the northeast region um and so some of that reaction i think is really because we are bringing or you know all of us who are creating content about covid are bringing value to the customers in different areas and also because these customers these people are spending more time than ever consuming content um and so it just makes so much sense that you would lean into it um, out of curiosity, how big was events marketing and maybe sports marketing for you guys um, before? And if if it was big at all, how are you thinking about redistributing that budget going forward? Well, um, uh, what we're doing relative to events is I don't think events will uh, ever go back to exactly what they were before. I think people have learned, certainly you've seen that with the Adobe Summit, um, where you can do this online. Um, and that you can do it virtually. And and so, you know, we're really looking at all the technologies now uh, for virtual events. Um, and, and actually, it becomes more efficient, um, more effective um, relative to all the data points you get uh, very rapidly from a virtual um, digital event. And and so, and it gives you great scale, quite mm-hmm. frankly. So, um, on the event side, we're really shifting um, to to going digital, mm-hmm. um, both national and regional. And we're we're uh, on the sports side. We do have some engagement on the sports side, um, and we're again going very digital with them. It's quite interesting. Um, if you look at the the Golden State Warriors, they're now doing. Um, uh, online, you know, webinars with their players um, on different topics, and and they're getting huge engagement. In fact, the Warriors Instagram um, engagement has gone up since this, not down. Actually, when they were in season, um, so so it's it's interesting the dynamics that are happening. You know, when you think about the fact that you you can't you have to watch reruns in the sports world now, um, the fact that you're doing live things with your players, people are really engaging. And so, you know, so for us, it's just you have to shift um, your your ideas uh, and and your distribution methods um, around these events, because you can still do, um, you know, sports type events. You just have to do them differently. Yeah, that's interesting that you've seen all this engagement. Um, and I, I do think, I'm, I'm hopeful about the fact that sports is going to come back. I think it's also such an important part of the economy, but also an important part of like the country's overall uh, mood. Um, and so I'm really hopeful that, that it does come back in the fall. Um, one final question to you. I would love your advice to everyone listening on how brands and in particular people can remain authentic during this time and we talked about how not to do it how not to be transactional how can we stay authentic well i think it's more about listening now and i think that that means listening to your employees and to your customers and i think you will get amazing insights that come from that 
that will help you uh, deliver, you know, great products, great insights uh, to those people. And again, you know, social amplifies. So I think, you know, focus on your customers. Uh, they're your base. Um, they they provide you, uh, quite frankly, um, with you know revenue, but also future potential revenue, and 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 certainly recommendations um, and attribution. So, you know, to me, I think you 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 need to focus on your employees and your customers, um, and and do it authentically. Do it with transparency, um, and and do it with speed. I mean, speed right now is critical, and that means you've got to make decisions. Sometimes those decisions may not be exactly what you had hoped for, but if you don't start making decisions, taking some risk, um, and getting out in front of this, um, then then I think you'll get left behind as a brand. I love that. Well, Michael, this has been a really awesome conversation and so timely. I know that we're going to try to spin it out as fast as possible because the the world of small business and big business and small brands and big brands need your advice and wisdom during this time. So thank you so much for joining. Th- thank you uh, for having me. And, and again, you know, my heart goes out to all these small, medium-sized businesses who, who are struggling. Um, and, and at least we're here to help you if possible. So Sounds good. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you, Anda. So that was my conversation with Michael Mendenhall from Trinet. Michael shared a lot of great advice with us, strategic advice, but also tactical advice, and talked to us about what brands should be doing, that brands should be leaning into COVID and just talking about it and making sure that they're addressing this issue and that they're creating alignment across their internal teams, first and foremost, but also across their customer base to let them know that they are there for them, for their customers. Brands should also make sure that they're not transactional during this time and that they direct their sales teams to create value versus just generate revenue. It's a time where we all need to stand together and do our part, do what we can for each other. And it was really inspiring to talk to Michael and hear how they're thinking about it at Trinet. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and you found it as valuable as I did. And for any feedback that you have, please email me at anda at prosandcontent.co. I would love to hear from you, especially if you'd like to nominate other speakers for us to feature. And if you want to hear more amazing content about the pros and cons of making content or being a better storyteller in today's world, please head to prosandcontent.co for more episodes. The best thing you could do for us is to rate, review, and share the series so we can grow the community and the much-needed conversation around the purpose and importance of brand storytelling. See you next time on Pros and Content.